Good afternoon, everyone. In case you haven't already guessed it by that intro, it is your favorite time again. It's the Looking Up show time, and it's a Wednesday afternoon. Actually, it happens to be the 20th of September. My name's Sharissa, and joining me in studio today is the wonderful Pastor Danny. How are you, Pastor Danny? I'm praising the Lord on this delightfully boiling hot (laughs) September day. It is rather hot today. We just got our aircon working here in studio, so that's good. And we have the wonderful Shell back as well. She's been away. It's good to be back with you guys. Yeah, where were you? I was visiting my family in Wisconsin in the States. Wisconsin. And you had a good trip? It was very, very good. Beautiful weather there. The nights were a bit warmer than here, and the days were a little bit cooler, so (laughs) it was perfect. (laughs) Perfect weather. Well, we're so glad that you're back. We missed you when you were gone, and and Pete did well. He held us together, but it's good to have you back as well. Absolutely. And uh, we're, of course, really excited that all of you are back with us, um, tuning in from wherever you're joining us from right now. Uh, We have an exciting program. We always do. (laughs) But what is our subject today, Pastor Danny? Well, we're going to continue looking at what we've been looking at, which is uh, this world is heating up in more ways than one. So we are going to be taking a look at what's going on right now, right now, the United Nations General Assembly is meeting. Wow. Some big, some, 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 oh, some, some big things are happening there going down. Yes. There's um, a new encyclical coming out by what? Pope Francis on the environment. We're going to cover that. Um, Australia's fifth largest bank is scrapping cash next wow. year. I'm telling you, it's this all is- happening. Huge, huge, huge. And it doesn't get huge. And, and I need to give a big shout out to my good friend Lesh, who is listening from the South Queensland camp. And he's going to be, and he's going to be texting in and telling us how it's all going. That's going to, I'm going to be testing him. Like King Nebuchadnezzar with his wise men, if he's really listening in. He said he was going to be listening in with my good old sister. Wonderful. You remember my good sister? She's still talking to me after the shenanigans with the whole birthday saga. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so anyway, um, so do you want to, do you want to give that phone number? Yeah, let's do that because it's a live program. We'd love to hear from all of our friends. Uh, 0488817624. That's the number you can text us on if you have a comment about the discussion, something you'd like to add, maybe a question question even a prayer request and actually we've already had someone text us in and was it lesh no it no wasn't it wasn't lesh. lesh but i'm sure lesh is lesh, lesh will be texting in otherwise i'll be <laughs> scrap- on, i'll be scrap- <laughs> i'll be scrapping him from from my non-existent <laughs> facebook page well there you go we will uh, wait for him but good to hear from oh, you David. He's, there. he's texted us look that's him was that him are that's you him? sure brother d he, he, oh, he's the go. only one that calls me brother d <laughs> oh, he's come through he's come through all right well i'm excited can't wait to continue our discussion and to set us off shell's got a beautiful song here by mark miller my faith has found a resting place how appropriate amen we amen. need that absolutely resting place we today. Plead. I need no other argument 
in song. My faith has found a resting place. That was Mark Miller. And you are listening to the Looking Up program. And today we have more exciting news for you before we go to other current events. And that is that we have a giveaway. It's called The Baptism of the Spirit. It's a little book by Dennis Smith. What is it? Who... um, who receives it and why does it matter? This is a really important book. It, there's five available today for the first five people who will text in the code word. We'll give that code word a little bit later in the program, but just letting you know, this is the prize giveaway. The first five people to text in the code word later will receive it. So be listening and the number to keep handy to text the code word or any questions you might have during this broadcast, 0488-817-624. All right, Pastor Danny. Well, here we are, and um, yeah, it's good to have it's good to have Lesh. He's a first time listener, yeah. and um, it's good to have him on board. He's, he's he's a really good bloke. He's a really regardless of what people say about Lesh, he's really <laughs> a good bloke. Well, I'm glad he's um, here. It's good he's to have a, him listening. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a good heart. You can't say too much um, else that's positive about him, but he's got a really good heart. Uh, <laughs> if your heart's good, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> you know, when you can't say anything positive about people, you say, "Well, they've got a good heart." <laughs> They've got good intentions. No, seriously, he's a, he's a really good bloke. I, I, I love Lesh and his family. 
And um, they're at Queensland Big Camp. So yeah, it's now happening what is right that, now. What is Big Camp? What is Big Camp? Well, we have our own version of Big Camp here, we don't do, we? But As Stuart's point. Well, Big Camp is when a whole bunch of um, Seventh-day Adventist Christians and others, it's open to everyone and anyone to come along, get together for about nine days. A long and, time. Yeah. And they kind of just have a big, um, you know, fellowship, <laughs> spiritual fest. You know, it's like uh, an ultimate, an ultimate gathering of people from far and wide, and so you eat together. Yeah, eat together, sleep activities. together, like like in separate tents <laughs> and caravans, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's um, yeah. probably the highlight of the evening meetings where you yeah. gather with people and you worship do. and a- study absolutely. the Bible. Yeah. Absolutely, and the kids love it. Like yeah. the kids love. It. They're like pigs in mud. They just love it. <laughs> Um, and the good thing is it's it's a safe environment, so the kids go wandering here, there, and everywhere, but they're wow. reasonably safe, you know. There is there is security out there and well, so forth. your sister's listening. Is she up at the big camp? Yeah, she's at the big She's actually staying for the first time at big camp in a caravan. No way. Yeah, even though she lives like less than... My auntie's than, up there staying she? in a caravan, yeah. yeah. Like my sister, she, live, she lives literally less than 10 minutes away nice. from the big camp, <laughs> but she's staying there for the first time she in a caravan. She wants the full experience. She wants the full experience. She wants to immerse herself in that big camp well, experience. She just said here in a text to us here in the studio on our studio number that they have 2,700 registered to stay and have had... 7,000 on Sabbath. That's huge. Wow. Wow. 7,000 on Sabbath. And you know what? That's really like a foretaste of heaven. Yeah. Because the Bible says from one Sabbath to another, well, on the new earth, all flesh will come and worship before God. And in heaven, obviously, we're all going to be worshiping God together. Yeah. And so, you know, this is kind of like a foretaste where you've got all these people worshiping together. So, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. 7,000 on Sabbath. Yeah. That's that's quite amazing. And um, that's about how many we have. on site. Is that um, right? North New South Wales. We've got so about 2,500 yeah. on site. Oh, yeah. uh, but you do have a number of people that stay at the other yeah. caravan parks. So well, My son, add. Harley, is the, the gopher, the runner, the shopper, oh, whatever you call him. Is for, he? For the Queensland camp. Yeah. Nice. So that means that all of the different tents, the different groups of programs, he he does all of the shopping for them. They just send him messages. Can you buy us this? Can you do that? <laughs> he wow. runs and gets it all for them. Wow. So he's got it's a, a cre- he's got a credit card without limit. Oh, fantastic! Imagine card. having <laughs> imagine having a credit card like that, Shell. What would you do with a credit card without limit? Without without any boundaries, no leash on that credit card. How would you survive? Charissa, could you manage it? Yeah, we, I'm well. pretty sure it's just accountable. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure no. it would be too. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that's great. And, uh, yeah, all the, all the children, they have their own tents in the evening where they, where they hang out from, you know, the juniors to the teens and so forth and primary age. And during the day, there's, you know, the tiny tots that I've got their time and the kindies and there's, and there's excursions. And Great there's, time to make memories. I'm telling you. It's, and you can find your special someone there. <laughs> now everybody's going to want to go. Yeah, I met a special someone. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met a special a couple of times, actually, in my youth. Couple of country girls, and they were oh, like, "Was yeah. it your wife?" No, it wasn't my wife. No, that was <laughs> All right, moving right so, along. Yeah, moving right along. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that so. was a really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about. I did the actually news. meet. Her, I did actually meet my wife at the big camp venue. Oh, there you but go. it wasn't a big camp. It was the. It was the. <laughs> Former Yugoslav Congress big camp. Shell's shells like killing herself laughing. Danny unhinged. <laughs> I met her and she was serving. What was she serving? She was serving, I think, gluten steaks or something. Yeah, you better remember that. Yeah, and, um, and I asked her for a second helping. 
and she said, "Look, I'm only really supposed to give one." But she looked at me and just <laughs> and just you know just she decided, "Hey, this is my one and only opportunity to really engage in a positive way with this amazing guy from Melbourne." So <laughs> she gave me a second gluten steak, and, and I'm like, "This is the woman I want to marry." Amen. A woman that gives me an extra gluten steak is the woman I want to marry. <laughs> Way to your heart. <laughs> Oh, that's good. And she gave me her ice cream as well. Um, yeah. yeah, she offered it and um, yeah, it's just an amazing story. Wow. May, you know, just well, I'm glad you, that, that whole segment there ended, ended well. <laughs> um, moving on though. <laughs> Did you have any programs you want to tell us about? Yes, I do. I'm heading up in that direction actually tomorrow. To Big Camp. Tomorrow. Yeah, well, I'll be there on Saturday evening. I'm actually heading up to the Tweed. So if there's anyone near the Tweed, up there on the Gold Coast, near the Gold Coast, I'm running a Living Abundantly seminar. So Mm -hmm. this is part of my Discover Hope series. So I'm doing it this coming Saturday and the following Saturday. Living Abundantly, where I'm going to be, you know, speaking on the subject of health and well-being, holistic health and well-being that encompasses both the physical, spiritual, mental, and social elements. Oh, and look, so in a day and age like today when there's so many diseases going absolutely, around, that's a really absolutely. important thing. Absolutely. So to we're going to be talking talk about, about that. So yeah, so that um, people can people can um, go to the um, Vine, the Vine Facebook page. Right. So the Vine Seventh day Adventist Church Facebook page. Or they can just head to the Tweed Heads Presbyterian Church. Um, and that's where I'll be from ten o'clock this coming Saturday morning. Wonderful. Which well, is the 23rd of September and the following 30th. I hope we have listeners up there that Absolutely. are taking notes on this and looking It'd be lovely to, to see them, yeah. I'd love to see some, some of our looking up listeners. Yeah, because um, we never know up. what they look like. No, we don't. We only hear from you. So <laughs> that'll be exciting if you meet them. So looking forward to that, yeah. All right. Well, we have a lot to talk about today in current We events. do. We do. There's a lot going on. Mm. There's a lot going Where on. Where shall so. we start? Maybe we'll start off with you because okay. I kind of always well, have like 5,000 5, items that we I really like get. hearing what you have to say. <laughs> I look forward to hearing what you've got here. But the first one, actually, my dad shared it with me this morning. And I guess I, I bring this up and we could talk about something from this category every week because Jesus said the closer we come to his return, mm. the more we will see the world in upheaval, not yeah. only in the political world or the social world, but especially even in the natural world. And mm. we've been talking about that. And just this morning, there was another earthquake in New Zealand. Sirens going off, magnitude 6.2, I believe, Yeah, um, New Zealand was struck. Yeah, I heard that as well, yeah. So that's interesting. And not only that, but they're anticipating that here in Australia, we are going to have the hottest summer ahead of us mm. because El Nino has been declared. I think that was on Tuesday. That's Yesterday, right. yeah, yeah, it was declared. So now, look, things are, are heating up in more ways than one. Um, and, yeah, we have, my understanding, some of our listeners can correct me if I'm wrong, especially here in New South Wales, but we have broken an all-time record for the most consecutive days in September of 30 and above. No, that's I correct. I think today, which is over 30, we are like four days in a row. And I'm looking at this, there was this um, uh, ABC News um, item here from just the other day, and it's headline, Australia's Southern States Baker September Heat Records Tumble. And it's showing a graph here, and I'll um, just flick it over so that you can see, so that you can confirm to our listeners. These are the days over 30 in September, Mm -hmm, okay, mm -hmm. from the year 1950 
yeah. all the way through to our day. And you can see since the year 2000, wow, the days yeah. that are 30 and above in September are skyrocketing. That's amazing. You can clearly see that. I can clearly see it. There's a definite peak on the the. Yeah, the column there. In fact, I'm reading here in this article from the Sydney Morning Herald. For the first time in recorded history, Sydney has been predicted to have a run of five days oh, above five 30, days. 30 wow. degrees in yeah. September. The highest before that was two days in a row. And Melbourne is expected to break its record of seven days above 20 degrees in September on Tuesday. Wow, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so there's just so much going on. And we know that this year was a record-breaking um, heat mm-hmm. year up in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, yep. the, those Canadian fires, you know, the yep. worst ever. And, I mean, Shell, you've just come from over there. Was it pretty warm while you were there still, where you were? Or yeah, it, it was lovely warm, though. It, would, it wasn't too terribly hot except for maybe the first couple of days. But there was smoke coming from Canada in Wisconsin. We were, yeah, experiencing that. Not as bad as we experienced it here in 2018, 2019, but yeah. it was, yeah, a lot of smoke. Yeah. yeah, so so this is taking place. And as I pointed out, the United Nations General Assembly is meeting right now yeah. as we speak. And this this item of climate change is front and centre. I'm not surprised. Um, you know, I listen to and I'll share I'll share a little later on from the United Nations General Secretary um, from his uh, opening address at the mm-hmm. UN. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm telling you. All we need to do is just read his address. We don't need any news items. He literally summarizes the world as it is, and it's a, yeah, and it's a it's a pretty frightening picture. So he shared um, the president of the UN. He shared the same message, very similar message. Then the Brazilian president got up. He shared. It's all on YouTube. People can go on YouTube and they can actually watch. Um, the United Nations General Assembly, its meetings and its speeches in particular. So you can watch and you can listen to what these world leaders are saying. Mm-hmm. And they're literally singing the same song. Oh, I can't wait they're to you're gonna the share song. those quotes a bit later. And um, absolutely, where are we yet? Let me just share with you that that what a big what what a big item this is. If I could go here to this section here. Like I was I was just Googling, wanted to find out, you know, what is speech was all about, which I'll yep. get to in just a little bit. And then I went to this, this from the United Nations uh, website, and it had a section there, climate action. So, mm-hmm. okay, so I, I clicked climate action, and this is the, the, the Secretary General, Antonio Guterres. These are his speeches on climate action, right, just this week. Mm-hmm. Check this out. Okay, September 19, which was his address. Um, we must be determined to tackle the most immediate threat to our future, our overheating planet. September 18, here we go. The previous day, Secretary General's remarks to the high-level political forum on sustainable development. We must end the triple planetary crises of climate change, pollution and biodiversity loss. I won't go through all the titles, but, yeah, but September 16, again, he's speaking on that. September 15, again, he's speaking on that to the G7. Wow. Um, September 13, He's, he's speaking to that again, that, 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 that same message. September 9, um, September 8, September 7, September 6, September 5, September 1. It's all climate. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I was like blown away. Well, like, yeah. Like this is just like in your face. It's, we're completely being swamped with this. And so I'm not surprised that Pope Francis is coming out with Laudato yeah, C 2.0. Yeah, so we're going to get to that as we go along. And the biblical prophetic implications of this, because that's what we look at. The news headlines, we always look at them through the context 
of the prophetic scenario that the Bible has outlined that will take us to that point where we'll be looking up and saying, behold, this is our God. We've been waiting for him and he is on his way. Amen. Well, yeah, absolutely. With all the things, and not just all the things that are happening, but how fast how they're happening. This is like back to back. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, it's going um, fast. And I mean, you know, just uh, you know, last week we mentioned, and 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 it's mentioned by by these United Nations um, uh, individuals that speak. You know, the Libyan floods. Mm-hmm. The Libyan floods, you know, a combination of what they say climate change, where you know, in one hour, one hundred days worth of rain fell on one area, and the dams that weren't serviced properly because there's internal fighting and so forth collapsed and broken. Literally, thousands of people were washed away. Wow! You know, some of them are still out there in the sea. You know, they haven't even you know washed back to the surface. Then you've got you know the the Morocco earthquake, and um, so there's just so many things taking place. Not to mention in the social sphere. Amazing. Yeah. How are we going to get to those two today? Yeah, well, we'll see how we go. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go step by step. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try and deal with as much of this as we can and help people pull the pieces together through the Bible. So we'll be looking at a number of scriptures. Okay, I'm excited about that. Well, I um, kind of we haven't got enough time to raise too many other big items then uh, between now and... Um, yeah, as we continue this conversation, I really want you all to stay tuned because there's some big items that we still have to discuss in the next few minutes. But right now, we will be listening to The Corner Room, bringing us a Bible scripture song, Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, following which we have a news break, and then we just will get straight back into this study together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be Shall be called Wonderful 
everyone. You're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right. And if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun. So catch you then. I look to you. Still looking up here in the Looking Up program. It's September the 20th, Wednesday afternoon here. We're coming to you live in the Hunter region. And we would love to hear from you at some point. If you have a phone, please feel free to text us and drop us a text. Our number is 0488-817-624. And when do we give away the code word? Should we do it a bit later? Mm, bit later. the next segment. All well, right. The next segment. Yeah, a well. bit later. But just a reminder, we got five copies available of a book entitled The Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Very important book. This book presents the biblical teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the benefits of receiving this gift in fullness, and why it is necessary for the Christian to receive this special spirit infilling in order to become like Jesus. Sounds like mm. a beautiful book. Amen. And a very, very important one. So, yeah, keep listening and uh, be listening for the code word which we will give away very soon mm, amen amen all right all right well there's a couple of stories um that i think are, are important to highlight one sent to me by your dear husband um so we better we better make mention of that just in case he's <laughs> <Absolutely>. listening <laughs> uh, before we before we get into you know our, our big items of um what's happening on the climate front and at the united nations general assembly and and some things in the economic world Justin shared this with me that there is a virus that has broken out there in India, in one of the one of the little small states in India. I hadn't even heard of this virus. Um, first time I'd heard of it. It's called the Nipah virus. N I P A H virus mm-hmm. outbreak, which sparks growing concern. It's it's been around for a while, as I read the article and read up on a little on it. It's been around for a little while, but this is such a serious virus. Fortunately, it's not transmitted um, very easily. So praise the Lord for that. But it's a virus that can kill three quarters of the people it infects. What? Three quarters of the people. Um, he didn't send this to me. Yeah, probably for good reason. <laughs> for good reason. That's terrible. Um, so, yeah, it was first identified um, after an outbreak in Malaysian uh, pig farmers. Ah, in 1999. So it's interesting. You've got swine flu, bird flu, mad cow, a lot of these viruses, and it's one that is um, transmitted from animals to humans, mm. which is interesting because a lot of, a lot of these uh, viruses that are really nasty are transmitted from, from animals to humans. And so this is what it says. It says that it spreads from secretions from animals through contaminated food and contact with the tissue of sick animals. Fruit bats are the natural carriers of the virus and have been identified as the most likely cause of subsequent outbreaks. And it goes on to talk about it. And I didn't realize um, that, yeah, along with you know the Ebola, which we've heard of, and the Zika virus, um, these are some of the some of the nastiest viruses that we have, you know, on the planet. Uh, rabies is the nastiest virus that we have. Mm. Did you know that rabies kills ninety nine percent of people who it infects i did not know that 99 percent. i don't it's hear considered about it the very deadliest often. virus as it kills 99 percent of 
symptomatic people. That is, you know, symptomatic. The Ebola, the Ebola virus can kill up to 90% of infected people. So these are really, really nasty um, viruses. And as I was reading this, I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty scary. And I praise the Lord for the scriptures that we have where the Bible says God is holding back the winds of strife. Mm-hmm. Um, and he will not let this world, you know, turn into absolute chaos and confusion and destruction whilst those winds are holding, whilst, whilst those winds are being held back by those four angels in Revelation 7 until God's people are sealed. Mm-hmm. And then when God's people are sealed, Daniel chapter 12 verse 1 comes into play, a time of trouble such as the world has never seen. Mm-hmm. And so if we're sealed, we're on God's team, we're on God's side, he will ensure that we are safe and secure all the way through to the sound of the trumpet. Amen. Amen. So praise the Lord for so that. We have to be sealed. Absolutely, we have to be and sealed. How do we be sealed? Well, we have to. We are sealed as we surrender our lives to Jesus. As we surrender our lives to Jesus, there will be a, a final sealing at the end of time. The mark of the beast and the seal of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that final epic. Worship showdown that will bring the world to a point of decision. We'll probably need to cover that at some time because we talk about these things, but mm-hmm. we probably need to do a Bible study yeah, on that and cover that for our listeners. We have covered it in the we past, have. at least on Good two to do or a three. Refresher. But it is because we've always got new listeners. Like Lesh. Like Lesh. <laughs> like Lesh. I'm not sure if he's still listening or he's been caught up in the big camp, um, you know, excitement. But yeah, so there's, so there is so much going on there. Now, this is uh, another, another item that tells us that, that the Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. And, you know, what's going on, especially amongst our young people? Mm-hmm. Our young people are really struggling with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So this was an, a news uh, article that came out uh, just on Monday mm-hmm. this week. And the headline was, Teachers say poor mental health, excessive stre- screen time mm-hmm. are the biggest problems facing young people. Wow. So screen time is being blamed as one of the, if not the greatest contributor to poor mental health wow. amongst students. This is what it says. Poor mental health and excessive screen time are the biggest problems facing young people, according to a new survey of more than 2,000 Australian teachers. So this is what the teachers are saying, okay, yeah. that are teaching these kids, you know, five days a week, you know, for five to six hours a day. You've been a teacher in the past, so you can maybe relate to some of this. Um, this is this is what one of the one of the teachers had to say. There have been um, where are we? Uh, um, she says, um, yeah, people uh, go on these nervous rants. I've seen some people cry and in really bad circumstances. And it's interesting. They gave us um, there's a, a, a graph here of what most teachers believe poor mental health is uh, contributed by, Yeah. okay, facing the young people, okay? So these yeah. are the major things that are facing it. These are according to the teachers that deal with them every day, five days a week. Depression and anxiety and under mental, mental health issues, 84%. This is 84% of high schoolers, mm. students. Excessive screen time, they're saying 57%. That's way up there. I got something to share. Bullying, bullying's twenty eight percent. We always think bullying's like the big one, but no, you know, depression, anxiety, and under mental health issues, eighty four percent, and they believe it's tied to this excessive screen time. Wow. And so, you know, well, you know what? It begins much 
earlier than when they're teenagers. And a study has just been published also, and I was watching a Matt Walsh uh, video. I don't know if you're familiar with oh, him. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. He's the guy, what is a woman? That's right. Yep, that's the <laughs> yeah. guy. And he was um, really having a bit of a rant about this because studies come out and shown that children um, under the age of one uh, sitting in front of a screen for hours, um, for four hours of screen time a day wow. at age one. So, you know, when you put it into perspective and he does in his little rant, uh, which I thought was very good, but he's, you know, he, he highlights that, you know, babies nap, <laughs> kids nap, you know, often throughout the day. They only have maybe, say, eight hours of wake time. Half of that is screen time. Mm. And that affects their wow. developmental, you know, yeah, it's milestones and their ability to interact absolutely, socially. Absolutely. And that affects them. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, and it's interesting. That's I was, probably conservative too. Yeah. Yeah, it probably is. And it's interesting, like, you know, TikTok. We've got TikTok. That's your favorite app, um, isn't it? <laughs> Shell? Actually... No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, you know, TikTok, uh, very popular. I think it's probably the most popular app amongst teenagers mm. um, in the Western world in particular. But in China, they've got a different version of TikTok. And in China, TikTok is very, very differently rolled out for the teenagers. There are time limits. There are, there are spaces in between the videos. You've got to wait so many seconds before the next one comes along. <laughs> wow. um, there's also content that's controlled. So they focus on, you know, positive things, morality, you know, how to be a good you know, member of the Communist Party and so on and so forth. A whole bunch of things. They just they don't allow this. That. And TikTok is um, canned between 10 p.m. and I think it's 6 a.m. or 7 p.m. Um, you should make that You're not allowed. Well, <laughs> not that you're not able to. You're not able to. So you've got to register and a whole bunch of measures, checks and balances that the Chinese have put in. But for because the rest of the world, because the they know the harm. They know the harm and the danger. And so they care about their children and their young people. But in the West, it's like a free-for-all. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you so, know, just backing up a little bit, we heard from Leanne. Mm-hmm. Uh, good to have you listening with us, Leanne. She says, please do a Bible study on it. That is the seal of God. That would be fantastic. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be doing that. Okay, well. We have our marching orders. We have. <laughs> Probably the next show we'll do it. Okay. The next show good. we'll do that. Um, and I think David sent in another text yeah, message. Yeah, he was upset because you interrupted me reading his previous Oh, one. no. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> won't be the first time. Probably won't be the last. Yeah, go for it. Read, read that well, text he was, message. Uh, he was greeting us and he had a visit from a pastor, at, um, Pastor Pluride. Do you know him? No, I don't think I do. Okay. Well, he had a visit and, yes, he told him that he has met my husband before, that pastor. So that's interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> and uh, he said that, uh, yeah, that he's related to Ellen White. So just that he's related go. to Ellen White. Yeah, he is. He's a great, it's, great, great yeah. grandson, like four, five, four, three, four, three, three greats. Doesn't three get greats. greater than that. <laughs> three greats. Oh so, yeah. boy. So um, yeah. So that's that's really interesting. You know, just just on this, I remember reading a Time um, article way back, like a long time ago, and they were doing um, a story on trying to trying to get to the bottom of why there was a spike in university students, this is in the United States, experiencing anxiety and depression, like a huge spike about, I don't know, 10, 12, 13 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, they were looking at various factors and what could have brought about this you know, massive spike. It was like a huge spike. And they came to the realisation that 
this spike heading in the wrong direction when it comes to anxiety and depression and hopelessness and all these negative, you know, uh, emotional um, experiences and feelings all kicked in when the smartphone was invented. Wow. That was the beginning of <sighs> the These spike. devices are a blessing and a curse, aren't they? Exactly the right. Time. Exactly right. So um, because we're not really geared yeah. to be able to deal with that much information that is shared with us from a negative point of view. You know, when people are hammering away at you through social media, it's very, very challenging. This is so. another plug for the Sabbath, by the way. Absolutely. An opportunity to unplug Amen. from technology and just sort of rest in Jesus. Like just enjoy reading your Bible, enjoy talking to people face-to-face, go to church, worship God. It's another reason why we should keep the Sabbath. Absolutely. It keeps us. It does. <laughs> keeping the Sabbath, it, it keeps does. us sane it does. in you know a what? crazy world. The Sabbath is going to become more and more of a talking point. Um, it already is uh, yeah. growing, so but there's going to be more and more discussion on that from many, many different And um, you're not just making avenues. that up. You're saying that because it's in the Bible. Yeah, it's absolutely in the Bible. So we're going to be looking at that. But let's, um, let, we've got a couple of minutes before we want to move into sort of, you know, the Bible study side and what's taking place um, at the UN and how that connects with Bible prophecy. But this, this item here was interesting, and it's, uh, once again, ABC News. I literally, I don't need to go anywhere else. I just pick up a few, and that's more than enough. And the, the article headline was, Crime hit small businesses way up going cashless to protect staff safety in North Queensland. So yeah, that is interesting. There's, there's a lot of issues there with crime up mm-hmm. in North Queensland, and there's a number of businesses that are contemplating going cashless. Wow. So that apparently is going to help and assist. Now, that's very fascinating because um, last week on September 14, I discovered that through news.com, Macquarie Bank announces shock move to scrap cash in all branches. Yeah, Macquarie a Bank. Cashless society. Cash, Macquarie <laughs> Bank is the fifth largest bank in Australia. So after mm-hmm. the big four, mm-hmm. that's the next one in line. Mm-hmm. And this is what it says here. A major bank has made the shock decision to scrap cash in all of its branches across Australia in what could be another step towards a cashless society. This is straight out of Revelation 13. This mm-hmm. is preparing the way from Revelation 13, which we're going to get to um, in a little bit. Macquarie Bank has announced it will phase out cash across their branches in 2024. And by November of the same year, the bank won't accept cash anywhere. Wow. The move is being slammed as one which will have a particular negative impact in regional areas and for elderly Australians. And Macquarie Bank says basically 1% of our customers use cash, so we're going to help them transition. Well, it's going to be very stressful. I'm sure some of those customers are on the older side, maybe Absolutely, more senior yeah, Australians. Yeah. And so I know it's very stressful to learn all these new technologies and things. I have grandparents, and I, every time I visit, I'm helping them with their... Um, iPad or there, you know. So this is this is kind of stressful for them. But so very interesting. It is, and this is this is what the the general manager has to say. Oh, sorry, no, no, not the general, but but someone. There is concern. Other banks will follow Macquarie Bank's lead, which unfortunately feels inevitable. To quote that person. So mm-hmm. this is where we're going cashless and that is um yeah digital Our currency on the horizon central bank digital currency we're going to talk about that oh. and more and more countries are rolling that out so including, much to talk about oh absolutely so we'll have to wait until 
yeah. this song. Well, we should listen to a song, I think. And Shell's found a good one. Brooke Fraser's bringing to us a hymn, Dwell in Thee. I think we need a song right now. We need a lot of encouragement. <laughs> by Brooke Fraser, beautiful hymn, and you're still listening to the Looking Out program, and I think now's the time. Now is the time for us to mm-hmm. give away our code word. Yes, indeed. Because our listeners have been so patient and so faithful. So the code word for today, if you'd like to receive this book, The Baptism of the Holy Spirit by Dennis Smith, we've only got five of these available. So the code word to text into our studio number is LU23SPIRIT. S-P-I-R-I-T. If you text that code word, L-U-2-3-SPIRIT, to the number 0488-817-624, if you're one of the first five people to do so today, this book is going to be coming to you. So it's a special offer just for today, um, The Baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
Again, this code word LU23SPIRIT. Text that to our number 0488-817-624. There you go. Beautiful little book. All right. Shall we continue on, on what we were talking about? Because we're going to be looking at Revelation in just a moment. Um, Revelation 13 is where we're going to be going and, and a couple of other passages. And we're going to see how this is absolute. This issue is front and center when it comes to the end, the end game. But before that, just to, just a quote here from uh, the Macquarie Bank spokesperson um, and what they had to say regarding you know transitioning to a completely digital payment by November next year. This is what he had to say: as a digital bank, we're committed to transitioning to completely digital payments by November 2024. Notice these words: as a safer faster and more convenient way to bank. So this digital currency that I'm going to share very quickly, uh, soon, very, very soon, I'm going to share how this is not just here. This is, this is now spreading like a tsunami around the world, and you'll see how quickly this has been happening in the last couple of years, yeah, especially since <laughs> it's all happening very Someone did say the last movements will be rapid ones. <laughs> yeah, they did. And Jesus told us that those labor pains will intensify in frequency and intensity as the mm. coming draws near. And so what we are seeing happening right now, all it's these pleasant, different... It's not pleasant, but it's exciting. No, it's not exciting. Exa- not pleasant, but it's exciting because the baby's about to That's arrive. Right. And in the, in the prophetic sense, it's Jesus is about to Amen. arrive. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Um, they go on and they say there's a lot of work that needs to happen in terms of educating and informing senior Australians. You brought them up. They, they would be the ones um, most at risk of a digital currency. In terms of being able to operate using their smartphones and these apps, okay? But they're uh, like, we're, we're going to do our best to educate them, and this is just where things are going. And they're saying, look, it's inevitable. Yeah. We're heading in that direction, and that is just how it's going to be. Now, um, let's take a look at Revelation 13, and then we're going to take a look at some more on what's been happening. Now, Revelation 13 is talking about the the mark of the beast crisis at the end of time. There's two beasts in Revelation 13. There's a sea beast, which represents the Roman papacy, and then there's an earth beast that represents the United States of America. And so the United States of America will give its power for the sea beast or the Roman papacy to lead the world um, with this final peace and safety solution that will be rolled out. Mm-hmm. Um, and as part of that, the, the economic system will be reset. Okay, mm. You've heard of the Great Reset? i heard that word well, before. Well, this is all part of it. So if you want to read Revelation 13, and those who are not willing to go along with this new worldwide... Um, new world order. New world order uh, that will be rolled out. This will be the consequences. Do you want to read verse 16, Revelation 13, 16 and 17 and just see how clear it is here. The Bible says, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Okay. So without getting into any details, because we just don't have the time, we'll do that on a different occasion. But here it's very clear that if you're not willing to go with this agenda that will be rolled out at the end of time worldwide, yeah. you will not be able to buy and sell. It sounds like a counterfeit seal of God. It is. It's the counterfeit seal of God. It's called the mark of the beast. And we, in our next study, we'll have to deal with that because one of our listeners says, yes. you need to do a Bible study on that. That's so right. we'll do that. Um, so... 
buying and selling for the first time in human history mm-hmm. we now have the capability to, to stop. stop people from buying and selling and you can only do that if in a cashless good. society that's true you can't do it and a lot of this started happening even during covid remember because did. people didn't want to touch the money because it, it was dirty so you could it do did. cashless payments exactly right so that was part of it qr codes came out we got, we got a familiar with QR codes during COVID. Most people didn't even know what a QR code was. And then COVID came to town and there were QR codes, how you signed in, um, you know, there was cashless payments and now you've got, you know, on your watch. Yeah. You know, on your watch you can pay for goods and services and That's so right. forth. And we are heading in that direction because if you have cash, you cannot control someone else like you can if it's digital and if you program that currency even better Mm -hmm. whereby you can only spend on certain things depending on if that's in harmony with the environmental agenda that will also be rolled out there's a whole bunch of things that are going to be rolled out together Mm. a digital id that's all part of it in fact i was listening to um this uh, world government forum back in 2022 so it was the eighth world government summit and you know world leaders from from everywhere were there and other other high profile leaders and officials and uh one of the one of the one of the discussion panels was focused on are we ready for the new world order Hmm. that was the headline are we ready for the new world order and they were unpacking it and they pointed out in the new world order you're going to need three key items a smartphone a bank account and a digital id Hmm. they're the three essentials that you're going to need smartphone bank account and a digital id the central bank digital currency will fit into that digital world that we are living in Hmm. and so and so just just to give you an indication of of how cashless we are going yeah all right so um this was, this was a headline back in 2022 on Nine News. Cashless society looms. Australians tip to move away from cash by 2025. Macquarie huh. Bank. This was back that's, in 2022. Oh, March okay. yeah. of 2022. So, like, that's nearly 18 months ago. Yep. Um, and now we've got Macquarie Bank saying that they're phasing out next year in 2024. Mm. By the end of 2024, they're phasing out all cash as far as they're not, they're not interested in dealing with cash anymore. Um, then, I'm sure others will pick this up too. Absolutely. Well, Other well, banks. Yeah, they're saying this is inevitable. This is going to go forward. So this is just the tip of the iceberg. The other four will follow and other banks as well. Well, we, we just read. Yeah. Every man, yeah. woman and child is yeah. going to be impacted. This was from May 2023 ABC News. Mass exodus of regional bank branches across Australia leaves residents seeking solutions. Check this out, right? This was, this was um, some stats. The big four banks have removed thousands of ATMs in recent years. You know, we've picked up on that. And those people who live in the regional areas, that's not news to them. Check this out. Machines, that's, you know, these ATM machines have halved in the last five years from 13,800 in 2017 to only 6,400 in 2022. They've halved. Wow. So no ATMs. You know, once upon a time, ATM was like, you know, the, the be-all and all-deal. You didn't have to line up in the bank. You could go to the ATM whenever you needed to. And that was kind of seen as being progressive. 
Isn't that true? Yeah. That was progressive. Yeah. Get your money from the ATM rather than lining up inside the bank yep. with your bank book. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> when it was stamped, literally stamped. <laughs> I don't remember those no, days. No, you don't remember those days. I remember when it was stamped. Shell, do you remember when they would stamp your bank book <laughs> and write in it in pen? I wish I'd kept those bank books to show you. Literally, they'd write the amount that you've got left in pen and then they'd stamp it with their physical stamp in the bank book. Some of our listeners, if you're out there and you know what I'm talking about. Tell us about the good old days. Tell us about the good old days. Text us. What's that number, Shell? Uh, (laughs) 048881764. Fantastic. And if you've got anything and if any of you uh, are finding that your banks are being closed in the regional areas or your ATMs, tell us. You know, send us a message and it'd be great to be part of the discussion. Anyway, and then it goes on and it said, check this, this other statistic. Total retail payments made in cash fell from 69% in 2007 to 27% in 2019. Mm. So in the space of what? Just 12 years, we've gone from using cash, making a payment, 69% to 27%. Wow. So we are we are slowly but surely being conditioned. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so actually it's happening rather fast. It's happening. All right. Now you want to talk about central bank digital currency. Well, All I'd right. like you to tell me about it. All right. Okay. Let's let's talk about that. So this I went to the central bank digital currency tracker, which is kind of a you know probably probably one of the if not the leading website that tracks this. And pointed out all the various countries that are currently the trialing, developing, piloting, launching um, these central bank digital currencies, including countries that have cancelled the whole, you know, the whole program, which is only two. <laughs> but they're going to get on board because, as we know, the whole mm-hmm. world will get on board. And this is what it says. Check this out. Check this out. Currently, we have 130 countries representing 98% of global GDP that are exploring a CBDC in one way or another. Say those numbers again. 130 countries in the world, 130 of about 210, 20 different countries that we have recognised by the UN. I can't remember, or close to 200. They make up 98% of global domestic product, all right, Mm -hmm. what the world puts out. In May 2020, so there's 130 right now. This was like, I don't know, maybe a month ago. The numbers might be higher. In May 2020, we only had 35 countries that were considering a CBDC. <laughs> so we now have got 35 to 130 in the space of three years. So can you see everyone's getting on board this train? Yeah. Because Revelation says it's going to be happening. And so... Um, you know, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. We are going cashless. It's only a matter of time. Well, it's exciting because it means Jesus is coming soon. Absolutely. It's and a little scary when you think about all the things that are before us too, before that happens. But that's why I guess when you look at, you know, the end of the Bible here, we should keep our eyes not on the coming crisis, mm. but on Christ. Absolutely. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Keep looking Amen. up. That's why we have the program. Yeah. So all these things tell us that Jesus coming is drawing near yeah. and we're all excited about that. And um, And the good news is, the good news is that we know how this story ends. Mm. In fact, in Revelation 18, there, if you want to read Revelation 18, and if you want to take a look at um, you know, this new world order and, and what will happen with those who go along with this new world order in order to buy and sell, which will be against God's plan and God's will, mm-hmm. 
It says what will take place to this new world economic order that will be established. There's a number of scriptures here, Revelation 18. But if you want to read verse um, 11. Okay. And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys their merchandise anymore. Okay. So this is Babylon mm. and this system at the end of time that will collapse. And it says, you know, verse 17. If you want to read verse 17. Yes, for in one hour such great riches came to nothing. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea stood at a distance. Yeah, and there you go. And, you know, just over and over again in Revelation 18, you know, the system will collapse. Mm -hmm. So those that put their faith and trust in Jesus, mm -hmm. even though they may not be able to buy and sell, God will take care of things according to his way and his will. They will be safe and secure or eternity. Amen. And that's what means more than anything else. Absolutely. And so that's why we want to encourage people to look to the Lord. These things are telling us that Jesus is coming soon. And in the meantime, we should uh, seek to be like him. Amen. That's what this next song is about. One clear voice. I'm trying to be like Jesus. Sounds like a really good song. I don't know what it is, but let's enjoy it together.
That was clear voice, one clear voice. I'm trying to be like Jesus. What mm. a beautiful, beautiful message song. in song. I, I realized I knew the song after it started. But beautiful song. I'm glad it was played. And just a reminder, we've got a couple of copies left now. Um, some have already been claimed of today's giveaway, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Text in the code word LU23SPIRIT. Text that LU23SPIRIT to the number 0488-817-624 to be in the running if you're one of the first five to receive this book coming to you for free. Mm, amen. Amen. It's a great book. Well, we want to finish up here with this and then we're going to launch into our, our climate stories and Laudato C 2.0 and how that's all fitting in with what we've been talking about because all these things are linked. Mm. Um, you know, one item dovetails into the next. These are not separate items. Mm-hmm. It's a convergence of these issues that are all coming together to bring about that final showdown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting that Brazil, this was um, yeah, a news item that I picked up from Frontline News, the Liberty Lives in Light, and they pointed out that Brazil, the headline was Brazil advances digital currency with asset freeze capability. So able to you know, freeze your, your funds mm. if you don't cooperate. Um, a little bit like the the Chinese credit system, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's being rolled out, you know, even as we speak, more and more people are, are having to, you know, are having to change how they live in order to be able to continue doing what they were doing. Yeah. Because the Chinese social credit system tells you very clearly if you're not behaving as the government believes you ought to, well, then your credit goes down and there are consequences. Wow. So this is all very, very interesting, and it's in line with what our treasurer has um, said about next year. Mm-hmm. The global economic growth forecasts will be slashed in 2024 um, as the world struggles with high inflation and the chi- and the Chinese economic slowdown. Mm-hmm. We actually just got a text in from one of our listeners, Liz Dables, listening. She said, my first job was working for the Commonwealth Bank. I would collect the bank book that can that came down the chute as soon as I heard the bell. I would then find that person's paper ledger and with a pen write out how much money they asked for and then put in the new balance. Our local banks have closed. Wow, there you go. Okay, there thanks, you go. Liz. There you go. Thanks, Liz. And um, yeah, so that would have been from a little while ago. And I remember those bank books mm-hmm. because we were encouraged at school, I remember primary that. school, we were encouraged at primary school to save. I remember once a too. week, once a week, someone from the bank would turn up. I can't exactly remember how it all worked, but I remember once a week, we would put our savings in that bank book. Yeah. It would be sealed and it would go into this bag, this, yeah. uh, you know, this material bag, you know, yeah. bank material bag. And then the bank would take it. And the next week we would get our, or the next day, I can't remember, we would get our bank book back with the $3.50 or whatever that we had put in there and our total. Yep. We were encouraged to save mm-hmm. with a bank book. I actually did that too. Did you? Uh, yeah, it's coming back to me now. <laughs> and we would put $2 in every time we had banking on whatever day it was. Did you guys do that shell as well? <laughs> yeah, she, so that, that was definitely here. We did that in Melbourne, I remember. Yeah. So anyway. Okay, well, Shell's going to add something. We had a totally different system. I, I didn't come to Australia soon enough, I think. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a look at what our friend Pope Francis 
is oh, planning to do everybody. in connection with this. Yeah, this, this just came out of the blue. Um, last month, he had, uh, I guess, uh, a meeting with uh, a number of attorneys. Mm-hmm. And uh, whilst he was meeting with that, he made this announcement. He made the announcement. It was just uh, a bit of a, an off-the-cuff delegation of lawyers, according to this Vatican News um, uh, I, uh, website and, and an article that I picked up. Uh, the headline was Pope Francis writing a second part of Laudato Si. Mm. Now, the significance of this is... Huge. Huge. Laudato Si in 2015 came out at a very important time. Okay, mm-hmm. It came out in June, I think it was, 2015, only three months or so before Pope Francis visited the United States of America, spoke to the dual to both houses of Congress, including the the nine Supreme Court justices, were there to hear his message. He had a huge impact on the United States, including speaking at the United Nations, where he spoke for almost an hour encouraging uh, all the nations to sign up to the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. That was 2015. Mm -hmm. That's like big on the agenda right now. That's what everyone's working towards. And they all signed up for it. This was also, his Laudato Si was also before the Paris Climate Agreement where they made a decision collectively to keep, uh, to keep the temperature down below 1.5 degrees mm-hmm. since pre-industrial levels. So he had a huge impact. Now the world is in a climate mess. Mm-hmm. They're, having, they're having this big meeting right now, and I'm going to tap into that in just mm-hmm. a moment. Mm-hmm. And he's now at the end of the UN General Assembly, which will finish in a week, on October 4, immediately after all these delegates are there discussing what do we do, he's coming he's up with the solution. He's releasing it at that assembly? Re- no, he's releasing it straight after straight the assembly. Straight after. Oh, interesting. With the solution. Oh, is that what it I'm says? I'm telling you. No, no, I'll read what it says. I'm sort of just saying a few things off the top of my head. That was, um, that was pretty good. <laughs> but this is what it says. Here we go. Um Speaking off the cuff to a delegation of lawyers from member countries of the Council of Europe on Monday, this was yeah, a little while ago, when was this? Um, anyway, whenever it was, it wasn't a couple of weeks ago or so. Um, it says, Pope Francis said he was writing a second part of his Laudato Si encyclical to update it to current issues. They're his mm-hmm. words. The Pope was expressing his appreciation for the attorney's commitment to developing a legal framework he said that? Yes, he said that. <laughs> a legal framework. And what do we know from Revelation 13? There's going to be a worldwide legal framework that will be imposed. And if you don't get along, mm-hmm. in order to go along, you won't be able to carry on buying and selling. In order to a framework aimed at protecting the environment, he says, these are his words, we must never forget that the younger generations have the right to receive a beautiful and livable world from us and that this implies that we have a grave responsibility towards creation which we have received from the generous hands of God. Yeah. And, um, and he goes on and, he, and he, talks about, he talks about how the time has come to act and to act decisively where we can no longer we can no longer just you know put things down on paper make pledges uh, vote at united nations general assembly meetings and elsewhere but we actually have to put things into practice wow so this is going to be 2.0 a practical way forward for how to deal with the climate crisis so that's not very far away that's like October 4 
When is that? Like That's a, going like next to be week? <laughs> next week. <laughs> is I it? think. The is week it? after. No, the next. week after. The week wow, after. Wow, it's on a Wednesday. It's on a Wednesday, so we probably will miss <laughs> yeah, it we'll because, yeah, because of the of the time um, delay. We'll have so much to talk about the week after. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is this is what he went on to say. Um, he says, "I am writing a second part of Laudato Si to update it on current problems." Yeah. He 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 says he says that he's been working on this mm-hmm. um, in order. To deal with the overwhelming, these are his words, the overwhelming global evidence which shows that humans have significantly altered all the Earth's systems, the atmosphere, the oceans, the continents, the ecosystems, the whole community of life on Earth. Mm. And so he's saying something needs to be done. So this is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to reading um, this encyclical and to see what he's going to say. Because in his first encyclical, um, he certainly highlighted Sunday. He did. He, he, that Sunday would be a day that would take us a long way to helping the planet. Huge. And it's also been talked about as a day for the family as well, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, let me, let me read that for you. If I can find it here, where have I, where have I put it? Just a minute. I'm sure I'll find it somewhere. Where is it? Um, here it is. Okay, this is what he had to say. This is paragraph 237. He says, Sunday, like the Jewish Sabbath. It's not a Jewish Sabbath. It's God's <laughs> Sabbath that he gave to the human race at the beginning of time when he created this world. Sunday, like the Jewish Sabbath, is meant to be a day which, notice these words, heals our relationships with God, with ourselves, with others, and with the world. Okay, he goes on. It, Sunday, protects human action from becoming empty activism. It also prevents that unfettered greed and sense of isolation which makes us seek personal gain to the detriment of all else. Rest opens our eyes to the larger picture and gives us renewed sensitivity to the rights of others. It sheds light on the whole week and motivates us to greater concern for nature and the poor. Almost sounds like he's talking about the Sabbath. He is. (laughs) This is all Sabbath language. So what we have is this incredible switch whereby he's taking Everything that is associated with God's seventh day Sabbath that God has instituted, it's in his world, it's in his word for people and for planet, and he's saying that this applies applies to the first day of the week, Sunday. Hmm. And so this is how I believe this Sunday law that will be rolled out worldwide, beginning in the United States of America, this will have to be at the very heart of it. Somewhere there, the climate agenda has to be at the very heart of it. Because I that's, totally agree. Because that's what, they're, that's what they're talking about. And so this is how... That's how everybody gets um, involved too, as an interest. Exactly. Because everybody takes an interest in the planet because exactly. we all live on it. Exactly. <laughs> it's our common home. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, you know, in that statement we just read, you know, he's saying... The Sabbath, and for him it's Sunday, heals our relationships with God. Okay, God. With ourselves. Okay, it's important for us. The Sabbath is important for us as individuals. With others, yes, and with the world and with the rest of nature. And when you read what God has set aside the Sabbath for, it's for all those things, for worshipping God, Mm -hmm. coming together as families, ministering to the poor, 
giving nature a rest. In fact, in the Bible, every seven years, God said the land had to rest. It's true. And I mean, your oxen. Well, the Sabbath is for the animals well, too. Well, let's read it. Let's read it. Let, let, let's go to the commandment, Exodus 20. Exodus 20, let's read it. And um, and notice how what he is saying in Laudato Si 1.0 is what God said in Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments, 1.0 forevermore. There's no 2.0 <laughs> Ten That's Commandments. A good one. <laughs> There's only a 1.0 and will always be a 1.0. You don't need a 2.0. You don't need to update the Ten Commandments. Right the first absolutely, time. absolutely. God you doesn't want, make mistakes. No, he doesn't. Exodus 20, you want to read verses 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So there you go. Can you see? Yeah. Everything that's in Laudato Sea has been plagiarized mm-hmm. from the fourth commandment. Yeah, and has been twisted by Pope Francis to apply to Sunday, the first day of the week. Amazing. So I have a sneaking suspicion. I'm not a prophet or a son of a prophet, though I have a name you of made a prophet. A few pro- prophecies on I this, have. Uh, I broadcast. Have. <laughs> well, one of I've said that this year is going to be more intense than the last one. So far, you've been right about that every know, year. Each year. But um, that's because that's what the Bible says. <laughs> but it's interesting. Like I have this um, catechism at home from 2005, okay, mm-hmm. so almost 20 years ago. And um, section 454, the question is, why is the civil recognition of Sunday as a feast day important? Okay, so why should the government um, ensure that you have this day off? Do you, want to, do you want to know the answer? Here it is from the Catechism back in 2005. It is important so that all might be given the real possibility of enjoying sufficient rest and leisure to take care of their religious, familial, cultural and social lives. It is important also to have an opportune time for meditation, for reflection, for silence, for study and a time to dedicate to good works, particularly for the sick and for the elderly. So That's what the Sabbath is for. That's what the Sabbath is for. That's what God made the seventh day exactly Sabbath. Exactly right. But here in this catechism, they're saying that the state has a responsibility to give you civil recognition. Mm. You know what civil recognition means? By law. Mm. Sunday laws need to be made, as they were in the past, hmm. the blue laws. Yeah, in the we United still States sit on many law books. And we, have, we had Sunday laws here in Australia as well. We should talk about those. Absolutely. We should one of these oh, days. So interesting. It is. It is. Well, we have another song Sam Robson is going to bring to us now. I need thee every hour. And as we're talking about all these things, I can't help but think that this is the perfect song for right now in our Bible study. We need the Lord every hour. I need thee every hour. Most great. Every heart. 
Question of the Day segment has moved. Lyle Southwell will answer every Bible question you have on his new time spot Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Faith FM. During the Afternoons with Shell program. So send your questions to info at faithfm.com.au or text us at 4 Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. I look to you. Today it's just flying. We're coming to the tail end of our Bible study time together. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. And a reminder: if you'd like to connect with us, our number zero four eight 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 one seven six two four is the number. 
Indeed, indeed. Where were we up to, Sharissa? Oh, where were we? We were talking about... The soon return of Jesus. That's what we always talk about. <laughs> looking up, Sha. I'm telling you, there's no shortage of, of material. I think we were looking at Laudato Si 2.0. Yes, and, um, so, yeah, so we've introduced that October 4, you know, we will, we will wait and see um, to see what is in that encyclical. I'm going to be very, very interested to see what are these practical solutions that... Pope Francis will be sharing to address this escalation. I mean, since Laudato Si 2.1.0 in 2015, we've had eight years and the world has rapidly deteriorated when it comes to natural disasters. Mm -hmm. And this year has been the granddaddy of them all. I feel like every time we have a disaster at the moment, it's the biggest or it's the first time or it's a record-breaking flood or, you know, like that's what we keep seeing. Well, look, unless, unless they're fiddling with the graphs and the numbers, I mean, we can just take at face value what like the Bureau of... Meteor, you know, the Bureau of Meteor, Meteor, Meteorology, <laughs> I can't even yep. say it, have to say, and all these different, you know, facts and, and figures that we receive. But based on the facts and the figures, it does seem that things are escalating. But we know that it's not only human-induced. Mm-hmm. We know from Scripture that Satan has power, great power, to bring about natural disasters. And we read the other day from yes. the book, The Great Controversy, page 590, if I remember, where Satan will, will create disasters in order to seek to wipe out entire cities. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that he, we know from Scripture he has great power to Absolutely. create disasters because Absolutely. of the book of Job? Is the that- book of Job, indeed. You know, he brought fire down from sure. heaven. Yep. He brought a, a windstorm that, yep. that killed all of Job's ten children. Yep. Uh, he brought disease upon Job, so he's not able... So they're not always acts of God like exactly. the insurance companies. Exactly, right. So, um, And at the same time, God is also releasing those winds. You know, he's letting those winds go. So you've, so you've got a combination of things taking place. You've got God... You know, releasing those winds little by little. Mm-hmm. They're still being held in check by and large, but he's releasing them a little at a time mm-hmm. because of the wickedness of humans on planet Earth and also to wake us up and shake us. And at the same time, Satan is being allowed mm-hmm. to create more chaos and more chaos and destruction and, and confusion in the world. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole bunch of things all happening convergence. at once. Convergence. Convergence, yes, that's the word. Now, it's interesting, our own Penny Wong, um, she is uh, you know, a foreign minister, Australia. She was there. She's there at the United Nations um, General Assembly, and she was quizzed by a CNN reporter about Australia's, you know, very fossil fuel intensive economy. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you guys doing about that? And um, you know, and and are you going to get there by 2030? Remember, that's where the Seventeen sustainable development goals need to land by 2030, but we're not going very, very well uh, worldwide in connection with that. And she said, she says we will be there by 2030. We'll be 80 percent renewable. Now, 80 wow. percent renewable. Now, what does that look like? Now, just park that, park that. <laughs> I've got something to share on that. Okay. But before that, this is what she says. Uh, she says we will be. By 2030, in excess of 80% renewable energy in Australia. Okay, we, our, our country, one of our leading exports is coal. Mm-hmm. Okay, coal, oil, gas. Mm-hmm. They're all big items in Australia and they're looking to scrap those by an incredible amount. And we're going to be 80% renewable by 2030, which is like in seven years' time. When we came, she says to government, we were just over 30%. 
So they've only been in government for how long? For about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. They're saying we're going to go from 30% renewables to 80% renewables. That's a change of 50%. In the space of seven years. Now, how long has it taken us from the Industrial Revolution to get to where we are today? Okay. You try and scale that back in the matter of a few years, you are looking at major chaos in the world. Mm. Major chaos in the world. Let me ask you, Sharissa. Yes. What do the economies of the Middle East, many of them, run on? Oil. Ah, what's going to happen? <laughs> wow, I can't believe I what's knew that. Happen, what's <laughs> going to happen to the Middle East? Think about it. What on earth is going to happen to the Middle East yeah. when you decide Saudi Arabia, that is their biggest export, okay? They get almost half of their money from oil exports. What's going to happen... When you tell them you've got to find something else to export, something else to make a living off. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to the Middle East when you take away one of the, if not the main export for many of those countries? It's going to be chaos. Mm. It's going to be mayhem. You will not want to go on a Middle East tour, <laughs> Bible tour. Trust me. <laughs> it's going to be chaos. It's already chaotic in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And so we really don't have a solution. Like I'm all for renewables and I'm not a greenie or anything like that. I'm all for renewables, but I'm also asking how on earth can this practically work out in the time frame that they have suggested? If they said, let's go green by 2100 and we're going to work our way slowly to that point, fair enough. Yeah. How will it work with uh, cars, for example? Exactly right. There, there's a whole heap of things. And so, and there's so much money being spent on this. Um, and this agenda, people are just blindly heading towards it. It's going to take this world off to the cliff and Satan's going to use this as a springboard to bring about his agenda. Mm. And so this <sighs> is, amazing. yeah, this is, let, let, let's go to the Secretary General. All right, now that we've... Yeah, um, you've told us all about this. All right, okay, the Secretary General, this is, oh boy, he's got a whole speech and <laughs> I definitely won't... All worth quoting. Yeah, um, but this is, man alive, some of the things that he shares and he's got, he's got a real way or whoever writes, <laughs> or whoever writes his speech... Um, you know, it talks about, you know, the things that are going on, you know, currently and, yeah, just, just, just the horrible, you know, geopolitical tensions that are rising. He says, our world is becoming unhinged. That's how he begins. Our world is becoming unhinged. Geopolitical tensions are rising. Global challenges are mounting. And we seem incapable of coming together to respond. I'm reading from him. We confront a host of existential threats from the climate crisis to disruptive technologies. And we do so at a time of chaotic transition. This is what he's saying. For much of the Cold War, international relations were generally, sorry, were largely seen through a prism of two superpowers. Then came a short period of unipolarity. Now we are rapidly moving towards a multipolar world. And he goes on and talks about, you know, the past and where we were and how we need to change from where things were at the end of World War II to where the world is today. He says, the world has changed. Our institutions have not. We cannot effectively address problems as they are if institutions do not reflect the world as it is. Instead of solving problems, they risk becoming part of the problem. 
And he goes, he says, indeed, divides are deepening, divides among economic and military powers, divides between north and south, east and west. He says, we are inching ever closer to a great fracture in economic and financial systems and trade relations, one that threatens a single open internet with diverging strategies on technology and artificial intelligence and potentially clashing security frameworks. I'm telling you, this is this is just full on. And then just I'll, I'll I'll skip down here. He talks about Ukraine, and then where is it here? He says um, he says right now. Here we go. This is says he says Sudan. Here we go. Um, Across the Sahel, a series of coups is further destabilizing the region as terrorism is gaining ground. Sudan is descending into full-scale civil war. Millions have fled and the country risks splitting apart. In Eastern Democratic Republic of the Congo, millions are displaced and gender-based violence is a horrific, horrific daily reality. In Haiti, the country has suffered centuries and he goes on. In Afghanistan, a staggering 70% of the population needs humanitarian assistance. In Myanmar, brutal violence. And he goes on and on and on he's just listing like the worst possible laundry list of where our world is up you know he says needs are rising funding is drying up our humanitarian operations are being forced to make massive cuts and he goes on and says never since um i don't know how many years but we now have about 1.3 billion people that don't have enough to eat um the Brazilian president, when he spoke, he said 10 billionaires in the world own as much as 40% of the world's population. Wow. 10 people own as much as the lowest 40% of the world's population, which is billions and billions of people. And, um, and so, you know, we're spending like $2 trillion on military worldwide and we're spending a pittance on healthcare in the third world. Did you know in the third world, in Africa, they spend more on paying the interest on the loans that they have than they do on healthcare in their countries? I did not know that. Yep. More on the interest than on their healthcare and you yeah, the health. So this is where things are at and wow. um and the reality is that they are seeking for a new world order. Mm-hmm. This is where it's going. Read Revelation 17, 12 to 14, please. And then I'm going to share with you a very interesting statement that the nation at the heart of the new world order as it's rolled out, which is the United States of America, the land of the free, the home of the very brave, that our dear friend um, Shell uh, comes from and what the president had to say very not, not so long ago. So chapter 17, verse... 12 to 14. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Okay, so at the very end of time, we've got these ten horns, or ten kings, which represent the world economic sorry, the world political powers, they will give their authority for one hour to the beast, and that's the Roman papacy. So the Roman papacy is going to lead the charge. Yep. They're going to be of one mind. This is the new world order. Yep. Okay. And who's going to lead the way? The United States is going to give its power to who to, to the be beast. the beast. We've got it right here. Mm. And Revelation thirteen, verse three. If you want to read that, Revelation 13, verse 3, what does it say there? 
And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. Okay, how much of the world? All. All the world. So the whole world will be following the plan that will be put in place led by the Roman papacy. We should say almost all. Almost the whole world. Well, but every, like, no, in every corner of the world. Yeah, all the countries. But there will be a faithful people. There will be faithful world. people, but as far as countries are concerned, yep. they will all every get the on the train. They will all get on the train. Notice what Joe Biden said last year. Okay, this is Joe Biden, March 25, 2022. The headline, this is from Forbes magazine. Biden says, U.S. must lead new world order. What America needs if he's serious. This is, this is what Joe Biden had to say. Now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to, there's going to be a new world order out there and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. <laughs> Their words straight out of Joe Jr., Biden. <laughs> we could understand them. And that goes along with what President George H.W. Bush, that's, that's the senior Bush, had to say on September 11, 1990, before a joint session of Congress. This is what he said. We stand today at a unique and extraordinary moment. This was during the Gulf, Persian Gulf crisis. He said, This time offers us a rare opportunity to move toward a historic period of cooperation. Out of these troubled times, our fifth objective, a new world order, can emerge. A new area, freer from the threat of terror, stronger in the pursuit of justice, and more secure in the quest for peace. And he went on and on. Mm. Amazing. So this was back in 1990. And now we have this by our friend Joe Biden last year. And this is where the world is heading. This is all heading right where the Bible says it will So Jesus is coming soon and it's exciting. Amen. Amen. Absolutely exciting. Praise the Lord. Well, we are going to listen now to Matt Mayer bring us a song, Your Love Defends Me, after which we will be wrapping up today's program with some final thoughts and good news. So don't go anywhere. Enjoy this song and then we will continue with these final thoughts. Surely my God 
defends me beautiful beautiful message and song and a perfect one for us to finish on today to know that god's love is there and it's it's a strong tower for us that god is a strong tower for us a refuge we can run to is just the best news ever pastor danny it's been a great bible study and just really encouraging for us today to know we're we're right there right there on the borders of the coming of jesus he's coming very soon amen what are the final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners today well, there's many that I'd love to share, but one of the one of the things I probably want to go to is what the Bible says in Second Peter um, regarding the the gift of prophecy that God has given us. And Peter here in Second Peter um, chapter one, he says he says, well, before that in verse sixteen, Second Peter chapter one verse sixteen, he says, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables. When we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Yeah. So he's saying, you know, the things we're telling you, they're not, they're not fables. This is not fiction. These are not fairy tales. This is the truth in connection with the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on and he says, and so we have, this is in verse 19. He says, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed, or I like how the King James puts it. We have a more sure word of prophecy, mm-hmm. which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, 
Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so I really love this passage, especially verse 19, that Bible prophecy is like a light that shines in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts. And the morning star is Jesus. Mm-hmm. He wants to rise in the heart of each and every person. Bible prophecy sheds light on the confusion and the chaos that we see all around us. It helps us to know why things are the way they are and where things are going, that there is a bright light at the end of the tunnel, and that bright light is the morning star, Jesus Christ, and his coming. Amen. And so that is why Jesus said, when you see all these things coming to pass, which we talk about every week, look up because your redemption is drawing near. And so that is the exciting, most exciting part of why we do what we do, to help people understand that Jesus is coming soon. Prepare yourself, Jesus is coming, and prepare others. Well, there's no better news than that. Amen. (laughs) It's a great way for us to finish. Pastor Danny, would you pray for our listeners? Sure, sure. Father in heaven, we want to thank you again for the light of Bible prophecy. Well, We want to thank you that it points us to Jesus and his soon return. We've been waiting for that day for 2,000 years. Your people have been waiting, and now we sense we're on the borders of the promised land that we're about to hear the, the trumpet sound. I pray, Father, that you will not only prepare us individually, but that you'll use us through the power of your Spirit to prepare many others who are walking in darkness, who do not know the light of the world, Jesus Christ, and who also need to prepare for your soon return. Lord, there's some pretty hectic and serious times coming, but we know you're going to be with us every step of the way because you have promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you till the end of time. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much, uh, Pastor Danny, again, for leading us today and also to all of you for joining us. wouldn't be the same if you weren't listening. We'd just be talking to ourselves here, but it's great to have your company. And we look forward to having you join us again next week. Amen. We're going to be doing the seal of God. Is that correct? Well, next week we won't oh, be yeah, here. That's right. We, we won't be here. Neither of us out. will be here. We, but there'll 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 be a repeat, I guess, of, of a previous program and Shell's so gonna Shell's gonna organize that, yeah. But the week after that we are back. So, and we're gonna talk about the seal of God in the market. Yeah, list. if you wanna listen to this one again. Absolutely, <laughs> maybe. All right. Well remember fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. So may God bless you and keep looking up because Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain. Deep in your heart Keep looking up Don't give up Don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer All your cares He will cast Into the depths of the sea I know His love is there for me We make our plans And still it's God who directs our ways He knows each step I make He knows each breath I take It's in our darkest hour We find our greatest need He 
knows what's best for you and me. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up should the tears begin to start. With a prayer, all your cares he will cast into the depths of the sea. His love is always there for me. In every trial we face, precious lessons we can learn. My faith grows stronger and His plan for me more clear. His hand cuts diamonds from all we see as simple stones. I've learned to place my trust in Him. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up should the tears begin to start. Love is always there for. 